Hello and welcome to another episode of Look Into It Tonight. We're going deep into politics and all kind of end of the world scenarios with the host of London Real. Please welcome my good friend, Brian Rose. What's up, Brian? What's up, Eddie? It's, uh, it's great to see you, man. It's been a long time, man. I yeah, checked our, like, uh, it's like 12 years ago or something like that. I did your show. Yeah, I came to Venice Beach in like September 2012 when I was going to be on Rogan and we shot an episode and that was my first in-person Eddie Bravo experience and it was amazing. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of dumb shit did I say back then, man? Dude, you walked in the hotel room and you said, you guys got any weed? And I felt so bad not to have any. I was like, no, I don't. And you, you knocked down two Red Bulls and you bastard out this amazing episode. And at the end, you said, that's the first time I've ever done that without having weed. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so it was amazing, man. Really, really had a good time. And then you came to London, I think, a year later and we did another one. So that's right. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I now look at you. You're you're huge now, man. Your show looks so uh top shelf you get an incredible guest you had uh dr malone you had uh david ike you've you've had david ike a couple times right uh we've had him a lot of times i think i've had him 11 times in the course of maybe five years and during during lockdown me and him were breaking the internet all over the world you know that was that was the thing people were watching to try to find some answers so i got world famous slash infamous during that, you know, 60 day period from March to May in 2020. They went after you because you're, you're oh, in the yeah. UK now, right? Isn't it harder yeah. to to say what you you think in the UK a little bit harder? I mean, it was global, Eddie. I mean, I had never been censored in nine years of London Real. I had had crazy guests on controversial guests on, but it wasn't until April 6th of 2020. I had Ike in the studio. It was the second largest YouTube live stream in the world. 65,000 concurrent people were watching us. We went deep into masks, distancing, PCR tests. And then, you know, Ike goes all the way. So he's going into cabals and all this crazy stuff. Eddie, based on the numbers of the live stream, it was four times bigger than my previous Ike episode, which had 10 million views. That video podcast would have been the most watched in history because Rogan Musk where he smoked weed was about 30 million at the time. This was gonna go on to 40 million plus. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. We got out of the studio and 30 minutes later, YouTube deletes, bans the video for the first time in my nine year career. And I was like, what the hell is going on? I thought the weirdos got censored until it happens to you. And then we had this massive public fight with YouTube and all the other social platforms as they Deplatformed me, shadow banned me, took me off, and then they all came after me. It was crazy, crazy. Well, welcome to the club. I know. <laughs> Seriously, why, then, why do you think yes. I'm rock? I'm on Rockfin. I can say whatever I want. You know, YouTube, yeah. YouTube. I play the game. You know, I don't. 
uh, YouTube's just all business, and um, I'm not going to get too crazy on YouTube. They, they've captured that. Okay, I won't say shit on YouTube, but on Rockfin, man, I'll say whatever the fuck I want, and uh, I love it. The freedom here is amazing. Um, now, let's, let's go back. Like, you're in, you're in the UK now. You live there. Let's, were you born in the UK, or no. what are you doing there? Yeah, so I'm from San Diego, you know, so grew up there. 18 years, you know, I was kind of the, the dorky science kid, so I wasn't necessarily surfing there. And then it, when I turned 18, I went to Boston, I went to MIT, got an engineering degree, then what? went to Wall Street and found my way over to London, you know, for the financial industry. So that's why I came here originally, been here 20 years now, got my citizenship and everything. So I've got American passport, British passport, but I've been here now for a while. Did you think about leaving during the scamdemic? No, man, no. I mean, did they, did they, this is uh, my town, man. This is my town, and I wasn't going anywhere, quite frankly. I'll assume you didn't get jabbed, right? I haven't got jabbed. Nope. That's a, didn't get that's, jabbed. That's good to hear. That's good to I hear. I mean, <laughs> most of our battles were in 2020, like when, when everybody, most people were too scared to even come into their studios to broadcast, let alone, you know, get censored. And we were here. I didn't miss a day of work in 2020 during the entire lockdown. We actually dialed up our frequency of broadcasting. So that was my time. At the end of that year, I ran to be mayor of London and I did that for seven months. So that was, that took me into mid 21. Um, and then a lot of other people came in later, started talking about stuff from like 21 to 22, like Malone and passed the torch kind of on to them. But at 2020 was when we had our prime like fighting on the front lines moments. It was pretty intense. <laughs> so born and raised in San Diego, went to Boston, went to MIT, got a degree in engineering, correct? Yeah, correct. And then, and then moved to the UK to get involved in the financial industry. And um, then, then how did you transition into doing your own show? Like what, what was the, the thought process behind that? And what was the goal initially? So I was turning 40. And I had made a ton of money over here, like millions and millions. And I found myself like in the, you know, the, the dope, you know, two floor bachelor pad. And I had no family and I was like drinking myself to death. And I was like, I got to do something different. Like the money is not buying me happiness. I, I thought my whole life Eddie, money would buy me happiness. And it wasn't. And the only thing I enjoyed doing back then was listening to the Rogan podcast. This is before he was even on YouTube. He was on Vimeo back in the day, if you remember. I mean, you remember. You yeah. were there on the sofa with him in the early, like, Ustream days. And I used to listen to that thing. I was training jujitsu, and I was watching the UFC early on, so I knew about it before most people did. And um, I was really connected. I remember those Aubrey Marcus episodes where he's talking about ayahuasca and the Graham Hancock early ones. And then I was really enjoying that. I took a meditation course, and then I quit my job. And about six months later, I started London Real. And if you look at those early days, it's split screen in three, just like the old Rogan episodes. Yeah. You know, yeah. we didn't edit. I was literally like, you know, I was doing the same thing here. And everyone thought I was insane, you know, because podcasting in the UK, we're like five years behind the States. So nobody knew what I was doing. Are you the biggest podcast in the UK? I don't know what that means. Biggest. I mean, probably like the uh, most notorious, most, most, uh, most notorious, uh, probably you, not. You, it, no. Is it who, who else in England has the balls to say what you're saying? I mean, probably not. I mean, these days everybody wants to be uncensored like Piers Morgan, but like nobody probably with the history of the guests and what we do, all that kind of thing. 
Um, but you know, we do our thing. I'm not necessarily trying to get the most views and the most this and that, because then you kind of be, become something you don't want to be. Yeah. But we have kind of a global brand of people that know us. Some people hate us. Some people love us. It's, you know, it's the whole range, man. It's been quite a journey. We're coming up on 12 years now in October. What, what was your um, red pill moment? When did For, you realize, what, what did you realize that, oh shit, mainstream media, mainstream information is, is fake? Well, you know, when I started the show, our tagline was putting the BBC out of business. That was my tagline, right? And uh, some people got offended, which is weird because we were this tiny little podcast, but it was my dig at mainstream media by thinking like, what the hell are we watching this nonsense for? It's also a, a double-edged joke, Eddie, because in, in, in Britain, you have to pay a TV license or you go to jail and the TV license funds the BBC, which, so it's basically state-run propaganda that you have to pay for as a citizen, which, you know, when they came after me after that broadcast, uh, it just made it even worse. So I look, I'd stopped watching news for a while. Obviously I'm tuning into Rogan. I'm tuning into other forms of media. So I was tuning out of that. And then when I started having guests on London Real, man, we started having all these conversations you just couldn't find anywhere. So, yeah, I was already doubting a lot of that stuff, but it wasn't until 2020 where I really got a dose of censorship, all the other nonsense going on. Yeah, once they come after you and once they lie about you, did they, did they um, lie about you in the press? Oh, yeah. Vice came after me. That's the thing that killed me because, you know, remember when Vice used to be cool? Right. Yeah. Remember when Vice was kind of on our side, they were kind of yeah. the guerrilla guys in the field. Yeah. And then they write a slam piece on me. And I just I just was like, come on, guys, really? You guys are worse than the BBC. Yeah. And um, I met a Vice reporter. I was in Paris last week at a blockchain conference because we went heavy into that. And she came up to me. She's like, I want to do an interview. I'm from Vice. And I'm like, what happened to you? Like, shame on you. Um, I did her interview anyways. But uh, but, you know, yeah, they came after me hard. The BBC went after me and then everybody slammed me for those Ike interviews in 2020. When I ran for mayor, it just got even worse, Eddie. They just came after me hard. But that's what the British press does. The British press, I mean, they, they are literally like bare knuckle boxing. They are the originators of media going for the throat. And um, they do it. They do it really well. <clears throat> now, um, who, who, who was your most um, controversial guest? Is it... David Icke or Malone, or who did you learn the most from? Who blew your mind the most? Well, you know, early on, we had your buddy Dan Pena, the Trillion Dollar Man. And I think last time you were on Rogan, you played that clip of him on stage when he's talking about global warming. What do you people with the money, what are you doing about this? Because I'm going to tell you right now. No, I've got children. I've got 21, 23 year old children. And what's their future with you people with money? You, you, you talk about money all of the time. Okay, okay, sit down, please. Sit down, please. In the front row. Excuse me. In the front row. Please sit down. Okay, you've asked your question. Thank you very much. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer. Excuse me, ma'am. Will you please sit down? And, please. Thank you. That's okay. Please sit down. Let him answer. Okay. In 2011, my wife and I were in Antarctica, renewing our vows. For most of you that don't know, Antarctica's on a mountaintop. Okay. And uh, there is a $500 million fa um, facility, uh, scientific facility there. And, and the scientists came to give us presentations about global warming. And they had cores 
of ice that they had drilled. They had drilled four or 5,000 cores and they only brought 15 or 20. So they're going through the second or third core and they said uh, 275,000 years ago, this was the temperature, blah, 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 blah. And then 55,000 years ago, the, the world was two degrees warmer Celsius than it is today. This is 2011. And oh, wait, stop, stop, stop. And he said, and I said, well, you mean the whole world? He says, yes. And the poles are only benchmarks. And I said, well, what about the things that the, the young woman alluded to? Okay. And he said, it's all cyclical. And although the gas may have exacerbated it, in the cosmos of time, it's not a fart in the wind. In the cosmos of time, of the 13.8 billion years that we've been on this miserable planet, it's not a fart in the wind. And as I told Joe Rogan on his show, and he said in his infinite wisdom, and uh, Joe, if you hear this, I thank you for the opportunity of being on your show. He said, then in 25,000 years, it's most likely not gonna be a problem. Now, my direct answer to your question, if that were really true, would you believe, and let's just for a moment say that it is true. That means that the best scenario vis-a-vis -vis global warming is about 10 feet raising water. That's the best scenario over the next 40, 50 years. That's the best scenario. The worst scenario is about 100 feet. But let's just take the 10 feet. If the water on the planet is going to rise up 10 feet, that means the southern part of the United States is gone. England is gone. Most of Europe is gone. And I can go, uh, most of Central America is gone. Okay. If that's the case, let's just take Florida, for example, which is one of the fastest growing condominium, beachfront condominiums on the planet. In the prospectus, when you invest, there should be, in the footnotes, if global warming is for real, they won't put it that way, global warming happens and water rises 10 feet, this investment you made is fuck all. <laughs> Not one single investment prospectus written since 2000, this century, has alluded to global warming. Now, one motherfucker, if it were really true, the banks wouldn't invest. The banks wouldn't finance. Now, one motherfucking condominium. So the people that have the money, and I'm, I'm jealous of the Vice President Gore, which Sally and I rode on a plane from South America with a few years ago. I am jealous he came up with a scam before I did. Because the financial institutions, the banks of this world know it's not gonna happen. Otherwise, you couldn't get a goddamn loan in London. You know those 30, 40 year mortgages? The world will be over by then. Is Barclays Bank gonna give you a motherfucking loan? With the greatest respect, ma'am, it's the greatest fraud that's been perpetrated on mankind this century. Yes, that guy. So, so that guy was on my show in 2014, and he credits me with basically making him famous on the internet. I always tell him I'm gonna go to hell for that because, you know, because of what he's like. So he came on my show in 14. He invited me up to his castle in Scotland, and I did the whole high-performance castle thing with him. I could tell you stories about Pena. 
And then I had him on a bunch of times and he was one of the big guests because you know what he's like. He comes on politically incorrect, gives it to you straight. Everybody stops me on the street and they love Pena, you know, because he's like your grandpa. He's like that grandpa that we all had or wish we had who just gives it to you straight. He doesn't give a fuck. And he was one of those big guests early on. Dorian Yates, the bodybuilder, came on. You know, he's a British guy, was six-time Mr. Olympia. He came on early on in our show and he blew up. You know, we were like kind of making these people stars on YouTube because no one ever heard their stories before. And we were the only one doing these long form conversations. So we blew up Ido Portal, the movement guy. We blew up a bunch of these people over the years. And then Pena, I made a documentary film about him and he was on, and he was, so he's on stage because I just premiered my film about Dan Pena. It's feature length. It's called the $50 billion man. We were at this theater in London. It's really swanky theater. We played the movie for everybody. I did a fireside chat with him on stage. And that's when that moment happened where that woman was asking him that question and he just went off on her. Yeah, and I love that. I, mean, I was right next to him. I thought there was going to be a riot in there. I mean, there was tension in there. There was really angry people in there. Pro Pena, anti Pena. People walked out. It was crazy that night. Tell yeah. me a little bit about tell me a little bit about him. I don't know anything about him. How the hell did he end up with a castle? Oh man, Pena, you just can't make up the stories about Pena. So, you know, one of Pena's mentees had been on my show like a year earlier. And so we were on Pena's radar and he was emailing me, emailing me say, I want to be on your show. But for me, Eddie, I was running away from all the money in the city. I thought money was bad, right? So if you see me in those early shows, I'm wearing, you know, uh, G-Star raw trousers and skateboard t-shirts. I got the fucking Fu Manchu. I'm like anti-bank guy. Yeah. And so Pena's this guy, he calls himself the $50 billion man because he has created that much net worth for other people. He's now called the trillion dollar man. So that's gone up. And so Pena really rubbed me the wrong way because I was having, you know, bulletproof executive on and movement guys and um, you know, activists and those kind of people on and jujitsu guys. That's who I had on. But finally, you know what it's like as a podcast host, like you run out of guests. So finally, one week I was like, oh, hell, just come on. And so he rolls up in a three piece suit. I now use his tailor. That's a long story. And um, he sat down on the show and he just he kind of knocked it out of the park and everybody loved him. He also got in my biz a little bit and he was like, is this it, Brian? Is this what you're going to do the rest of your life? Like, is this it? And I was like, oh, really? And so that's how it happened. Pena's got a crazy story. He was an oil man in the States. Um, that, well, he was on Wall Street. Then he was an oil man. Then he moved to the UK to do oil here, bought a castle, and then quit and started doing high performance coaching and done it for the past 30 years. Made a bunch of billionaires. And his, his big product is you go to the castle for a week, you stay with him on his compound, you dress up like this every day, and he basically brainwashes you for the week and turns you into a high performance person. And a bunch of his grads have created these billions of dollars in, in net worth. So I went up to his castle, about five months after he was on my show, just to see if it was real. And it was real. And then we've had this relationship for five years. It's a love-hate relationship, Eddie. It's like you and your father. It's like, you like him. I, love, I equally love and hate Dan Pena. We're always bickering back and forth because he wants me to be something. I value his opinion, but I want to be something else. And so we go back and forth all the time. So What does he want you to I, be? He wants me to create billions of net of, of billions of dollars. And he looks at me and said, Brian, you could do this. You could easily do that. And I'm just like, yeah, but Dan, I don't want to be some guy that does all this 
corporate merger bullshit and is just rich but unhappy. Like, I get a lot of fulfillment from this. And then he comes back and says, oh, you just want to be liked by these people. And like, we have these classic episodes on London Real where he's like, you're weak. You know, you're a cunt. That's his favorite word. You just want to be liked. Why don't you do something with your life? This is even after London. He he said that on your show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll send you a link for the movie. Yeah, he's 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 irreverent. And um, but I appreciate that, you know, because, Eddie, we all have a little voice inside of us that's saying you could be more. You could do more. And like, I, I, I value having someone like that. He's a mentor. He pushes me like a good coach does. I compare him to ayahuasca, quite frankly. When I drink the plant medicine, man, she, mother ayahuasca beats the shit out of me too. And Pena does it in a different way. So I value that. Most people don't want to be around that because he can be really abrasive. But yeah, that's our relationship. He's still up there doing seminars. We, we made him famous. We really did. And then he was on Rogan and, uh, so that's Pena, man. Go, go to his castle, Eddie. You'd like it. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned you did ayahuasca. Take me uh, through that process. Like, uh, what got you thinking about that? And, and what'd you do? Did you go to Peru or something? Yeah. So, you know, again, back, like, back to, you know, Rogan had Aubrey Marcus on early. And there was that one episode probably from 2010 that I remember listening to Aubrey's thing about it. Now, at the time... Nobody was talking about ayahuasca. Um, there was nothing on YouTube about it. You know, the, a few years later, there were all these trip reports on YouTube of people doing all this stuff and doing them live. But back then, nobody was talking about it. So I think it planted the seed. And then when we started the show, within about four or five episodes, I got the opportunity to do it here in London with a shaman. I didn't want to do it. I had that bad mushroom experience in Amsterdam, like most people do. Yeah. Um, but I just, we, I pushed myself and I did it. I had a ceremony actually in the studio you were in with a shaman here in London, which isn't the best way to do it, but it was like the way I was going to do it. So uh, I had three ceremonies that year. And then about five years ago, I went down to Costa Rica and had three big ceremonies with Dennis McKenna, who's like the brother of Terrence McKenna. And I made a movie about that called Reconnect, which that was big. So I've had two, two bouts with ayahuasca and we talked about it pretty publicly too, back in the day. So, yeah, it's, so you did it three times in in London and then three times in Costa Rica, three separate times in Costa Rica. Yeah. Well, I did one week in Costa Rica and there were three ceremonies over five days, which is kind of how they do it. And And, and um, what did you, what did you take from those experiences? I mean, you you know, I had a whole camera crew down there. I mean, the second, like, so the first ceremony we go in, I mean, I got Dennis McKenna on my right and him and his brother Terrence were responsible for, you know, magic mushrooms being grown in most of the United States. I mean, these guys are OG psychonauts. And so that was epic. The first night I actually had a, an okay experience. Usually I'm throwing up and my stomach was in pain. And so the guy said, oh, that was weak brew. And I was like, was it? And they're like, yeah, we need to go bigger. And I was like, I don't know about that. So they condensed the brew down into this special brew. It's in the movie. And the second ceremony I drank, and it was the single most profound experience of my whole life. It was extremely challenging. I'm, I must have been dissolved and died what felt like hundreds of times. Um, but it really gave me a vision of where I needed to go with my life, Eddie. And I think if I hadn't had that ceremony in 19, I don't know if I would have stood up and fought as hard as I did when we were being censored or ran for mayor of London so it was a real game-changing experience for me. Sam Tripley and I are coming to your town. Catch us on the road doing tinfoil hat comedy. Follow me on Instagram at tinfoil hat comedy night.
September 8th, we'll be in Dallas, Texas, and September 9th, Austin. Go to samtriply.com for more information and to buy your tickets. See you on the road. That's a drug or you can get there with meditation or therapy. That's just not true. If you want a fast track, you know, a short circuit, I call it that connection between your, your brain and your heart, right? They call it the longest 18 inches in the world. If you really want to do it, a heavy dose of ayahuasca is what does it. So that was a big moment for me. Um, yeah, hard to process. You know, it took me six months to probably process all that. Um, but it was, it was powerful for me. Yeah. Uh, have you done it? I've never done ayahuasca, but I have done DMT, smoked right. DMT several times. Okay. And um, the last time I did it, it was, um, I got the feeling like I went through like the, 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 the same shit, the same journey uh, as the other time. It's like the, you see the same characters almost. It's like I went through and I did the same thing and I felt like um, I was just going through the motions, if you could understand mm -hmm. that. And I felt like whatever intelligent force was behind that or spiritual force, it was saying to me, you, you already got, you got the picture. You don't need to be doing this shit no more. Go live your life. You, you know, like, I don't know. I just felt like they were telling me you don't need to do this shit no more. So I have no desire to, to, to do, an, do ayahuasca or DMT. I felt like um, I seen enough. Like, I yeah. think, I think who, who knows what it's all about, but I'm, I think it's, um, it's important to do it to, to, uh, it, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like a confirmation that there is some higher, uh, this, a creator, there's someone's creating this shit that I'm seeing. I'm not, I'm not uh, creating this in my head. I can't even draw. I mean, I could barely draw stick figures and the stuff that I'm seeing, that's not in my head that that's like, I'm plugged. I'm seeing something else. Like, you know, when you do five grams of mushrooms, it's the same thing. You close your eyes and yeah. instantly the, the instant you close your eyes, if you're on five grams and you're in a dark room, you see the yeah. most amazing stuff and it's bright. It's not dark. You close your eyes. It's immediately that it's waiting for you. As soon as you go, it's, it doesn't like you don't close your eyes and then it dissolves into like, um, geometric patterns and stuff like like if you if you're really high on weed you close your eyes and it'll it'll in time within like 30 seconds or a minute you start seeing things but on five grams of mushrooms boom as soon as you close your eyes it's right there and i i'm not creating that i'm just plugged into something i, I mean just like you said people say ah oh, it's in your head it's it's you know it's melting your brain or whatever you know um you're hallucinating Nah, man, I'm, I'm being, I'm plugged into something that's already there that, uh, without the mushrooms or the DMT, I think it's impossible to see it. Just like you said, you, you have, you need some help, you know, and it's just plants, right? I mean, it's, yeah. you know, I had a bunch natural. of professors from Imperial college in London and they've, they've studied this with these, uh, you know, NMRI scans where they literally inject people with psilocybin. So like they kind of know what's going on with the brain. People like uh, Professor Robin Carhart Harris, Professor Nutt, and they'll just tell you what's happening. But yeah, I mean, it gets us in touch with a knowledge base 
that our ego does a great job of ignoring most of the time. It, it, it channels you in, for me, it taps me into some powerful, carnal human knowledge. And yeah, I've smoked DMT as well. For me, with ayahuasca, it literally gives me lessons, Eddie. It was like, I got like the 10 commandments. It was like, number one, you're doing this. Number two, you're doing this. Number three. And at the end of the ceremony, it was like, all right, let's review, Brian. Number one, number two. So I got it. But you know, Terrence McKenna used to say, he said, when you get the message, hang up the phone. So I think that's what you got, Eddie. It's like, you get these people that go every weekend to ayahuasca. That boggles my mind. I don't even want to go back for five more years when I do it. Yeah. But he says, when you get the message, hang up the phone, you know? And I think you got to come back and you do the integration work and you do the meditation to try to take that knowledge and put it into your life. That's the hardest part, man, because you, I came back with all these visions, Eddie, of what the show was going to be, what my life was going to be, what my family was going to be. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? And then the world doesn't move how you want to move and you get frustrated. And then you try to find some common ground. And maybe a year later you look and you're like, okay, my life is slowly like an oil tanker, maybe moving that direction. But I definitely need to go back. It's been five years. I think I need to go back, Eddie, but I always need to push, you know, I always need to push to go. We, we were making a movie last time and Dennis McKenna invited me. That's the only reason I went. So, but yeah, plant medicines, man, they've, they've been helpful for me. Uh, definitely. Who, what guest haven't you had on that you want? Who would you like to have on? You know, Eddie, when I started, I, I had a whole dream list of guests. Cause I, it kind of validated me by the guests. I think that's how we all start with podcasting. It's like, oh, if I can get them on, then I'm big or this, or I don't know. I had that mentality. And I feel like eight years, I, I had less of that. You know, maybe back in the day, I wanted to have Conor McGregor on because I've had like a bunch of cool UFC guys and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys. And, you know, I guess there's always people that are out there. But now, like if I'm sitting down with Robert Malone for three hours or I'm sitting down with some of these people, I'm just like, man, this is epic. Or when Ike's on fire and we're doing a live broadcast to a million people and, you know, shit's on the line. I'm just like, this is epic. So, and I've had some that I just enjoy. Sometimes, Eddie, like the famous people, you actually don't get good eps. And sometimes they don't do the views. And then these people you never heard of, like Pena or Mantak Chia, you know, him teaching me about sexual energy is like the most watched clip I have on YouTube. And he's this 70-something-year-old Chinese kind of Thai guy who's totally legit, by the way, who, you know, teaches people multiple orgasms and all these, like, elements in their body. So, like, you never know who's going to blow up on these shows. But, yeah. According to him, according to him, yeah, uh, men men who generally uh, bust and, and are done, one and done, they can have multiple orgasms. Oh, you can. This guy's legit, man. He's got a whole book on it, man. The male multiple orgasm. Yeah, he'll teach it's, you how to do it, Eddie. It's legit. Because <laughs> generally, the thing about that is, you know, when you climax, like for me, and I, I would say a large percentage of men, not all of them, but a large percentage of men, once you nut, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. You were so into it. It's all you wanted. And then boom, blast. It's great for two seconds. And then sex is the last thing you want. Um, that's generally, generally how I feel. As soon as the nut is over, it's time to get to work. I gotta, you know, I'm watch a YouTube video. It's time to, uh, you know, yeah. well, get so something Mantac to eat. Mantac teaches you to have the orgasm without nutting. And then you can have another one and you can have another one just like women do, right? He teaches you how to stack those suckers up. And 
Wait a minute. He, so nut without nutting? Have an orgasm without ejaculation. This That's is the thing, crazy. Eddie. That's crazy. Is that as boys, like we, 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 we learned how to do this when we were in the bathroom when we were like 10, right? So for us, it was like, get this done quick. So men always associate the orgasm and the ejaculation as the same thing. It's not. Mm. Mantak teaches you how to separate them and you can stack them up and go like big with them. And um, I, I was like, come on, man. I thought it was an urban myth. And Mantak Chi is legit. Legit. Has it worked for you? Look, the guy's legit is all I can say. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. that, I'll, send you, I, I'll send you. Look it I up. I don't think it's, you know, you know how um, hypnotism only works on a, a certain percentage of the population. Man, I, I know my nuts. When I, like, this like will you, work for you. It's a work. It's not about nutting. It's the opposite. This will work for you. If, you. if you spend four weeks on this process, you'll get it, man. It'll change everything, Eddie. <laughs> can you talk about that process in a nutshell? <laughs> in a <I'll>, nutshell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll send you the videos, man, and the book. Like, you know, but yeah, I mean, he, look, he's just this old Eastern medicine tip. Like, they've got a lot to contribute. And in the West, we kind of think we have our medicine and science down. I think we're more and more realizing that we don't really know what's up. And he's channeling thousands of years and it, he's, he's legit. He's been he touring the world. He needs an infomercial and with some testimonials. This, <laughs> this, guy, this guy was going into East Berlin before the wall came down. He was going to Berlin when the wall was still there giving lectures. So he's been doing this since the eighties. She is proper legit. Giving lectures yeah. beyond the wall. No, he was doing, he was in Berlin when the wall was still up. So I don't think he was going into East Berlin, okay. but I mean, I'm just saying in the mid eighties, he's been doing this for 40 years globally. So yeah, he's, Teaching um, dudes how to have multiple orgasms. Yeah. And he was like, he was doing DMT through, through light deprivation, like 30 years ago. Now everyone's doing that. Now I'm in a dark room for four days. He's like, he's like, bitch, I was doing that in the nineties. Like, his Taoist master taught him that stuff. Every time I sit down with that guy, he always blows me away with some new thing. So, um, yeah, man, I'll send you, I'll send you some videos, but he's legit. <laughs> I, I get to meet some crazy people, man. I've had like a thousand guests and when they come here, they change my life. That's the thing, Eddie. I got to be careful who I let in here because they sit down and all of a sudden they take me in these directions. Like, you know, I make movies about them. One guy challenged me to do an Ironman race. I did that. You know, I'll do this. I'll go to Pena's castle. And then like my whole life changes. So it's been, it's weird, man. It's like the Truman show. Yeah. Now, now you're going to get into flat earth because you had me on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, man, I just want to say, I, I really appreciate everything you do, Eddie. It's just amazing watching you, man. And like everything, man, just want to say, I mean, I've trained at 10th planet in LA back in the day. I had your book, the rubber guard, even before we started the podcast, like, and then watch your whole thing, you know, watch you compete against Hoyler again. It was just like, really appreciate everything you bring to the table, man. It's, it's always amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You, uh, um, do you, do you, um, obviously now you doubt most stuff coming from the mainstream, correct? I mean, basically you just watch CNN or BBC and, and you're like, okay, I'm on the other, whatever they're saying, I'm on the other side, right? It's, is it almost like that? So like right now we're making a documentary film about what happened to me in 2020. And so we're piecing it together, Eddie, and it's going to be, it's going to be massive, but I'm watching myself on March 18th of 2020, when they were just starting to maybe talk about lockdown over here, I had Ike in. And if you watch that first episode, I'm like, 
I haven't had any, I haven't been pilled yet. I'm like, I'm going to take the vaccine. I'm going to do what the government says. Uh, I, I, I think it's a natural occurring virus. And Ike's looking at me like, okay, whatever, buddy. So I was like, you know, I was the typical person. Yeah. And, but by the next episode with Ike on April 6th, I've completely changed because I've started talking to people. I had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on like a week before that. And I'm like, Robert, I come from MIT. I know how vaccines work. I know they work. And he's like, do you, Brian? Do you know about the act from 1986 that absolves them from all liability? Do you know about the polio vaccine? Do you know about the smallpox vaccine? He starts dropping science. And this is a Kennedy, right? And I'm listening to him and I'm like, man, maybe I was blinded by science as an engineer. So I start looking into it and interviewing all these doctors behind the scenes. And that, that flipped me, Eddie. I really started to learn that so much of what I've been taught and assumed was just not true and not based on evidence. And so you could see me completely change my mind to where now I'm like, you know, is there a virus? Is the PCR test even telling us anything? What are these masks doing? And then I'm getting censored by big technology and all this stuff's happening. And I'm just like, yeah, then I started to really question everything. So there's three basic theories on uh, the origins of this uh, scamdemic, right? It came from a bat or some kind of animal like penguin. Yeah. I think they say we were talking about Wuhan, by the way, in April 20. I just want to say so everybody that came a little bit later, we were talking about that. And if you mentioned it, then they were going to put you in a padded room. But like I was what? talking about that M- what? that early, that early. And that movie Plandemic, we streamed it on our channels. That was in like July, August of that year where they talked yeah. about it. So, yeah, yeah I've been entertaining so, that for a while. So they say first they say it came from an animal, bat, right? Some people, pangolin. Wet market, snake, yeah. Snake or whatever. And then uh, the second theory is lab leak of oh, some evil scientist leaked it somehow from a lab that was created like gain of function style yeah and then the third theory is it's just the flu so they're just hijacking the flu and there is nothing that's spreading it's just the flu and and right. now they call the flu uh initially it was called cor- coronavirus coronavirus and then a- a- after some time they said now it's covid19 no more corona it's go they they switched the name didn't switch the, the, the PCR test, they switched the name. Um, so <clears throat> using the same test as the flu, you know what I mean? So uh, what do you think? You think it's lab leak, animal, or they just hijacked the flu? I'm Eddie Bravo, founder of 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu with over 150 schools and over 30,000 soldiers worldwide. Music has always been my deepest passion. Without that, musical journey that I took uh, I probably wouldn't be here right now I can't tell my music story without having my uh, musical partner my whole life and best friend Mr. James Watson I said I want to be in a band no matter what oh well there it is I gotta move to Los Angeles I said, I gotta go to that place if this California is supporting metal. Me and Jane just started making music. Mastering the metal, the 
story of James Watson and Eddie Bravo. Print and audiobook available now. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious now it's a lab leak. I mean, look, when, when the theories first came out that it was a lab leak, it sounded so preposterous and it sounded something out of a movie. You're just like, come on, there's no way. But then if you, I don't know if you ever watched that movie Plandemic, there was the short film with Judy Mikovits about 15 minutes, but there was one with this David R. Martin guy of about an hour and 20 minutes. And we actually live streamed that on our digital freedom platform, which I can talk about. We had to create it when YouTube banned us. And that goes by the data into the North Carolina to the sponsorship by Fauci. They moved the gain of function out to Wuhan and they just go through the numbers. They're not doing weird theories. They just had, look at the numbers, look at the money going here. And so they made a pretty good case for it. And then a month ago, Eddie, I had a guy named Matt Ridley in here who was in the House of Lords here in, in, the, in London, which is like kind of like the Senate or the Congress, basically. He's a very respected scientist and he hold, wrote a whole book that pretty much confirms it was a lab leak. So, and he's, like I said, a very conservative science guy. And he looked at the evidence and he just said, look, you don't, with an with animal mutation, you see versions of the virus. You can trace it back through dead animals and you see it mutate. This one was like, bam, right here. Goes into everything about the lab and even the WHO going in there and not getting access. And he just says so many cases. He said, you make your, your judgment, but it's just hard not to buy it. But it's just wild to me that two years ago, if you said it, you would probably be locked up as, as insane. But that's, yeah. my, that's what I think probably leads yeah. that way, which is pretty um, whack when you think about it. I think it, it, they just hijacked the flu. That's what I think because um, they could have done that I think, too. I think I think you know the all the money and the gain of function. I think I think these virology uh, labs. I think these um, labs that make bioweapons or whatever. I think it, it's just money laundering. I, I, I really don't think they're doing much. I think yeah, you see the money going from. NIH or whatever and the emails and all that to yeah. me I just look at that and go oh they're just stealing money they're they're, they're not like because think about it if it was a lab leak why did it, it's the we, whoever created the fucking virus this is the weakest fucking virus ever they had to lie about the numbers they had a they had to give uh, hospitals 30k to write COVID on the death certificate what kind of fucking lab leak is that An average age 81 Fucking lab, what kind yeah, of lab I leak is an, that? I think it was an unintentional lab leak. And there's a history of those, by the way. No, it's, well, so, so you don't think it was a pandemic? You don't think that this is part of the New World Order and the Great Reset? You think it was the I mean, <laughs> pandemic? Look, you can go back to, I mean, I had a guy on yesterday named Ed Dowd, sorry, two days ago. And he's like, look, he traces this back to 19. Eddie, you'd love him. You should have him on your show. And he said, look, the, the governments were all running out of money in 19. And COVID was the perfect thing as the excuse to print money, which now got us in all these bank failures. I mean, you'd love this guy. So he's like, you could trace this way back and it's a cause and effect. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't spend my time thinking about this. I am not a conspiracy theorist. I leave that to my guests. So I let them do it. I don't spend too much time thinking about it. If I do, I'd probably go down the rabbit hole with you. I would. You know, the, there's, um, I've had four doctors so far in my podcast. Uh, that are all about terrain theory. Have you heard of that? No. Germ theory, and listen, I'm a total buffoon when it comes to science. I don't know shit, but I, I have people on my show that seem to know their shit, and <clears throat> t 
terrain theory is basically saying that germ theory is a hoax, meaning that uh, people think that, um, or, or we've all, we all think this, or we all thought it at least, uh, that you get sick from someone else's mucus or they have a, they're sick, they have a virus, they touch their nose, they touch something and then you touch it, you touch your nose and now you, that's how you get sick by spreading germs and spreading viruses and all that. Well, terrain theory is, is basically saying um, that getting sick like the flu or the cold is just your body trying to get rid of toxins like you don't have a disease it's not a disease that's spread and it's not contagion it's your body uh trying to push out toxins so um you know and they and these doctors that i've had on had on uh, all basis on going back going through the studies Spanish flu, going through all the documentation, Spanish flu, polio, the measles, everything. These guys went through everything. And what they found when they go back and look through all the documents and the studies and the data, that it's all fraud, that they never, like, um, there's this one study um, that Dr. Kaufman, uh, Andrew Kaufman, have you heard of Andrew Kaufman? Yeah, we had him on back in 2020. He was like one of the first doctors we had on. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's, he's all about it. He's, he's like... Um, they never isolated any um, viruses and they, uh, they, it's, it's, um, I don't really know the details, but I have read the study um, that was back in the um, Spanish flu days where they took a hundred people with the Spanish flu and then they took a hundred prisoners. Uh, maybe it was 50 or hundred, something like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a hundred. And they, they took prisoners that were healthy and they say, listen, you want to, made a deal with them, I guess. You want to get out of prison? You know, let us uh, do a little experiment on you. So they took the mucus from 100 people with Spanish for the mucus spit. They did everything you can imagine to try to spread the disease to these healthy people, these healthy prisoners. And um, they took mucus, shut it down, you know, shoved it down their throats, breathed like, you know, breathing and spitting right next to me. And nobody got sick. Nobody got sick. And then they took blood. They go, you know what? Let's, let's take the blood from the sick and inject it into the healthy and see what happens. Nobody got sick. I've seen the study too. Andrew Kaufman sent me the study. Apparently there's like 20 studies like this where they're trying to get people sick with, you know, with mucus and all that and nobody gets sick. So based on going back um, to all these studies and um, the origins of, you know, the virus, because at first no one could see a virus. It was just a... Uh, a theory and then you know with electron microscopes or whatever they're like oh now you could see it but they're saying that's not what they're saying they're saying this is it's most of the stuff you see on virus is just cgi it's just like space just cgi but i definitely want to check it out i mean look the pcr test for me was always funny and and i called it out in the first episode he said look the, the inventor of it said it's not for this purpose and again it was how much they amplified it if they amplify the results by 30 you get to this range, but that, that's always a really arbitrary number. And so that test, uh, I think it was always nonsense. But again, yeah, the, in, the inventor of the test, Kerry Mullis, he says, yeah. he said himself, he goes, you don't, can't find viruses on this test. He's calling yeah. Fauci a complete idiot. He, it's on video. He's like, I'll, I'll debate Fauci any day. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This guy, he said, Fauci doesn't know nothing about anything. Guys like Fauci get up there and start talking, you know, he doesn't know anything really about anything. And I'd say that to his face, nothing. 
The man thinks you can take a blood sample and stick it in an electron microscope, and if it's got a virus in there, you'll know it. He doesn't understand electron microscopy, and he doesn't understand medicine, and he, doesn't, he should not be in a position like he's in. Most of those guys up there on the top are just total administrative people, and they don't know anything about what's going on at the bottom. He doesn't know anything. He, it's uh, amazing what you can do to people. You know, I mean, like Malone called it fifth generation psychological warfare. I mean, the way that people were conditioned to this whole thing, it's whether it was intentional or not, it's an amazing case study of how you can take fear and some precedent, and then you start giving people these tests, and you put the numbers every day of the deaths, and they're not necessarily all real, and everybody yeah. just buys into this whole yeah. thing, and this pattern behavior. I've heard so many interesting theories. I mean, the first time we heard about this, we saw those people dropping dead in China. Most of that footage, I think we all realized was BS now. But like either, initial- either, either that was BS, either that was yeah. BS, the people following, or yeah. they already had the vaccine, and they were dropping from the vaccine. <laughs> Could have been. But you know, it conditioned all of us in a real subconscious way to set up those future patterns. Yeah. It was just, I mean, yeah. And during the yeah, time, I mean, I, we had people on, I had the guy from Martin Kuldorf, the guy that was banned on Twitter from the Great Barrington Declaration, Harvard professor. I had him on. By the way, we couldn't have anything on YouTube. So the YouTube was what I called the Mr. Rogers channel. The YouTube was like happy puppy unicorns and like, you know, rainbows. And then I had another platform where I was interviewing Kaufman, Kennedy, all Ike. And so over there was like my shadow channel. And I was getting all this science dropped on me, um, which later proved true. But at the time, nobody was hearing it. It was just, you know, every, what people were saying, the masks and the distancing and the numbers and the press. And yeah, we were locked down here in London and all these businesses were going out and the cab drivers were suicidal. And it was just like, yeah, it was hard to watch. So yeah yeah and then the yeah, vaccine coming in if, if, if that if if that virus if viruses are real you know um andrew kaufman said that they're not and so a dr tom mccown i had him on my podcast as well he said it's all bullshit go back and do the research they just it's another hoax um it's a way to control people um <clears throat> uh you know, Samantha Bailey's another one from New Zealand. I had her on my podcast with her husband, who's also a doctor. And they both like, you know, once you go back and you look through the documentation, it's uh, according to them, uh, it's a it's a hoax virus. That's that's what they're saying. You know I what I mean? And, go ahead. We're all I think we're all starting to realize because of the pandemic that all these institutions that we just we blindlessly trusted, Eddie, like medicine, the media finance government we just always assumed there were smart people there looking out for us we just realized that it's it's so much nonsense it's so much conflicts of interest i mean medicine in general it's all these doctors the only reason they could stay doctors is because they run these these they write these papers that are funded by the pharmaceutical companies it's like they don't even consciously know they're being controlled i mean everybody is co-opted in this space and like i feel like people are starting to realize it I think, you know, so yeah, you got a question. Little by everything. little, little by little. little. They yeah. are, and then they're not. Like, I would meet people in the streets after we were banned on YouTube, and they'd be like, oh, what happened? You don't see your videos anymore. Are you still broadcasting? And I'm just like, oh, yeah. So there's some people that just won't know because, you know, they just consume the usual stuff. So, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it it, to me, to me, it, it's really, so, it, to me, it seems like um, 
there was, it was a pandemic, right? They planned it. This is a plan based on what I've seen. They planned it. And if they were planning this great reset and they were going to use this uh, scamdemic to help usher it in, um, for them to wait for this virus to spread all over the world because, you know, they, they had to leak it. They, if, if it was a pandemic and it was a lab leak, they had to leak it on purpose and then wait for it to spread all over the world. And to me, <clears throat> based on those studies I'm telling you about, and I'll send you, I, I got a, I got the, the study. I could send it to you. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to read. Uh, nobody got sick. They were trying to get people sick and they've done it. Like I said, you know, 20, 20 different studies that according to Kaufman and Tom Cowan and Samantha Bailey, they went, there's a documentary called terrain. You could just look up terrain. What did you watch that terrain? No, 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 but I will. I want that upper body clench. That's what I'm, I'm going after with the underhook looking for double underhooks. Fucking, that's a juicy ass clench. Perfect double underhooks. You're on your side. Boom. That's all perfect. That's huge. And my game, for me, I'm like, I got this motherfucker. First fight in Abu Dhabi 2003 against Gustavo Dantas. I got right in and got double, perfect double underhooks. I'm like, oh my God. I had him in a lockdown, perfect double under, really quick. He just gave it to me. I'm like, and I was just sitting there going, oh my God, he just gave it to me. That was just off the front headlock. 100%. Push into him. You want to smash him and then jump on that leg. You want to rush them so they don't have a, so they're off balance. You jump on that leg, try to, you hook that leg, you're gonna take their back and put them in the truck. Either one. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a, it's a whole nother level. Okay. I mean, that's a whole nother level. It's like, uh, nice. you know, like you had a friend, uh, a friend for 20 years and you found out he's, he's a big liar. And you're like, whoa. He's been bullshitting. And then you, you got to go back and, and uh, uh, you know, reinvestigate this other shit he's been saying. And then you find out, damn, he's lying about that. And, and then he's lying about that too. And like, dude, he's lying about everything. So the whole terrain theory versus germ theory, that's another level. Whoa, that's another level. It's, it's insane. I mean, if it's true, if it's true that viruses are fake, Oh my God, if that's true, shit, we are yeah, fucking, look, we are, we're living in some little, we're, we're like in some wild AI is going to, AI is going to take over anyways. So, you know, in a, in a year, AI is going to take everything over and it won't matter, Eddie. Yeah. What are they going to take over exactly? They're, they're going to take over like writing code, right? Cause I, I hear that's the, the latest thing is like, you used to have an idea about a, an app or whatever. And then some, a person would physically write the code now you can tell ai what kind of app you want and they'll it'll write the code for you like instantly is this true have you heard about this yeah so like the big rage now is this chat gpt that came out in december it went from zero to one million users in four days which is the fastest adoption of any technology in human history it went from zero to 100 million users in 30 days they just released chat gpt4 about eight days ago these are called narrow AIs because they do this one thing. It's a large language model. They take basically anything that's ever been written in the history of human beings. The computer studies it and then figures out, okay, now I can answer questions. And 
The point is at some point, Eddie, we'll get something called an AGI, an artificial general intelligence. This thing will be able to improve itself and go do things and make itself better and figure things out like we do as humans. When that happens, it's kind of like all bets are off because it might wake up one day and say, I'm going to clean up this little mess over here. Oops, that's the human race. And when it can start deciding, okay, let's go manufacture some robots and let's send them here. And everyone is concerned about that coming. And it now looks like it's coming sooner than later. So I've had a few guests on recently. Dr. Ben Gertzel um, has been on a couple of times. And uh, we're also investing in a couple companies in that space too. But I'm keeping a very close, careful eye on this thing. And it's definitely worth looking at is what I would say, <laughs> being concerned about it. Yeah. Um, I'm curious like, your thoughts on it. Uh, it. It's insane. You know, uh, like music, with it? for instance, music, yeah. like music. Re- remixing automatically that like AI, AI is going to take over remixing. Yeah. You know, and as far as like writing music, you know, if you could say write something like your cross between the cure, smashing pumpkins and yeah. Marilyn Manson, and it'll just write a song and, and that know, crazy. And it'll write it, it. I would think that 99.999% of the songs written by AI, they're not going to be good. You know, you got it. There's got to be a, 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 a magical human element in that emotion. Uh, in my opinion, but by the numbers, if an you know, if you 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 describe what kind of song you want, and then it writes like a, a million of them, one of those just by the numbers, one of them is going to hit some magic, you know, accidentally, right? You I just think, I th- you just have to find it. You're a musician, and I mean, uh, you know, you would go into the studio back in the day, and there was like an eight track, and that would record you, and then it got into Pro Tools, right? And then it yeah. got to like yeah. Auto Tune. I bet if you sat down with a chat GPT, you could throw lyrics at it. It would throw them back at you. You could throw tunes at it. It would throw things back at you. And you'd almost have like a 10, 20 man army. And you could use that as a tool, Eddie. Yeah. And it could force multiply your own brain. And you could throw it like, ah, that's no good. I want it. I want it punchier. Like I get chat GPT to write me some stuff and I'll come back and I say, I want that funnier and punch punchier. And it'll come back and it'll change it up. And I'll be like, no, nah, no, nah, too much. Dial it back and make it more like a Gen Xer. And then it'll come back with that. And then it goes too much. And I'm like, all right, take it back a bit. You could do that with lyrics and maybe music. And that way you could create things you couldn't create before. Totally. No, no, yeah. You use it as a tool. You know, like that's now ideas, just bounce ideas with it, you know, with AI, go back and forth with songs. And then you take it. Oh, that's all right. But I'm going to change this and add this. Uh, I don't think AI could ever do stand-up comedy like a uh, good good stand-up comedy like high level i don't i don't think i think that's where it's the it ends it's we it's say that but you know AI i mean look how fast this tech up. is improving look how fast stand, this tech. stand-up is so yeah but man it's so human it's look what like, we're building i mean play with some of this ai stuff it's scary and look what we're building you know it's like so yeah, we're not there now. We're not there in 10 years, but are you telling me in a hundred years or 200 years that the way tech is advancing, that we won't be able to program something that'll know all the cues of that stand up and to be able to do lots of routines and then learn from them and make them better and experiment. I don't know, man. We'll see. I know I what think, you mean. Though. I think, I think, uh, if that happens, we'll, 
before that happens, we'll get AI that is good at ripping off other comedians. And, and you might think it's great, but it's just ripping off jokes from like random, you know, unknown comedians. Maybe, maybe that'll, I think it'll have already exterminated us at that point. It'll have bigger fish to fry, (laughs) man. So what do do you think uh, is going to happen to the world? Do you think to me, it's really simple. It's either the great reset or the great awakening is going to win. I mean, it seems like every day something happens that, to make you think that the Great Reset is going to eventually win. And then sometimes, like, damn, the Great Awakening is, is actually happen, happening. People are actually awakening now. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe everything is just a distraction. And, and the controllers just have one thing in mind. You know, let's just give them the whole transgender. Let them fight about that. We'll have a couple fucking shootings over here. Let them argue about that. Gun control. Oh, they hate gun control. Let them get mad about gun control. But meanwhile, over here, they're, they're, they got an, the number one plan is either, I don't know, digital world bank currency. I don't know. Or what do you, I don't know. I mean, yeah. what, what do you what do you think? It's so hard to trust anybody. You know, I, 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 I'm a fan of Trump. I think if Trump is a trick, if Trump is really deep state, we're fucked. It's it's 100 <laughs> percent. We have no shot because there's nobody else. Yeah. You know, there's nobody else. There's nobody else yeah. except Trump. That I know. It's trying to take the deep state down. He's the only one. So if that's a trick, if he's controlled the opposition, there is no hope because there's nobody else. Who else is there? Descent? Yeah, you gotta play. You gotta there's play nobody else. Somewhere. Yeah, England don't got nobody, right? England don't have like a legit no. uh, politician no. fighting no, the no, decent, pe- right? Pe- you know, Pena's running for office, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, look, you said a bunch of things there. Look, I think, I think the whole COVID period woke a lot of people up, Eddie. I really think so. I mean, look, you've been talking about theories for decades. But most people were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when they saw COVID and now they look at the Twitter files and they look at some of the vax backlash, I think more people than ever are starting to question than they ever have before. That's, so that, I think that's good. Um, the other thing that happened is like, I was here in London, Eddie, and it was me and Ike was coming in and we were broadcasting with a skeleton crew here and two dudes were like putting out messages that were like freaking the whole world out, right? Just like blowing people's minds. Everybody wanted to stop us. Nobody wanted us to talk. And, and you know, PayPal was shutting me down. Dropbox was shutting me down. LinkedIn took me off. YouTube was, you know, threatening to take my entire channel down. You know, 2 million subscribers, 10,000 videos, nine years at that point. And all it was was the two of us. And we made a difference. Like a lot of people saw that and started questioning things and they had some hope. So that gives me hope. You know, it doesn't take much. And if you ever listen to a full Ike episode, I don't know if you have Eddie, but if you ever listen to him for a full two and a half hours, the last 45 minutes, he starts saying things like, look, he's like, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of them at all. He's like, they can come at me right now. He's like, they're smaller than you think. All it takes is for everyone just to say, I'm not having it. We think they're all big and powerful but they use fear as this weapon to control us like sheep and like cattle. He's like, all it takes is a few people to stand up and say, no, I'm not doing this. And the whole tide changes. Ike also says it's all about love. That's the thing people don't get about Ike. At the end, he said, we are all one. You know, we're just consciousness. 
And they try to separate us with the transgender, with the this and the this, They're always trying to slice and dice us. So we fight amongst each other. As soon as we stop doing that, we stop having these five sense experiences and we just realize it's love, then they can't touch us. So like, I always go back to those defaults, you know? And so us bickering back and forth, it goes right into the plans, right? Divide and conquer. But, and people are doing that now. And the more we get digitized, and the more that the media gets co-opted and it gets more complicated with metaverses and VR and now with the digital passports and all that, it's, it's, and the digital currency is coming. It's just going to be harder, Eddie. But if we go back to these base levels of like, I hate to say it, man, love <laughs> that they can't beat us. So those are my thoughts. I, I'm optimistic as well. I am. But I mean, you saw what, with their, I mean, what they're doing in China, look what they're yeah. doing in China. That, that shit's yeah. happening. That shit is happening. Well, what are you um, talking about specifically? Because they're doing a bunch of stuff there. I'm talking about social credit system, carbon yeah. credit system. Once that, and they're pushing for like, like, you know, these smart cities and stuff like, they already got that in China, correct? Yeah. And or, the digital yuan, they have their CBDC, the digital yuan rolled out. So literally all the, them, they pay you, they can censor that money like that. They can track every transaction. They can pull yeah. it. So, and it's all with the social credit score, which yeah. has to do with your travel. And it's all locked down with, you know, face recognition. That's yeah. not good. That is not good. And yeah. uh, all the love in the world isn't going to help China. You know what I mean? So shit. And then Canada oh, yeah. isn't that far behind China and neither is Australia and the UK for that matter, you know? So um, the United States seems like because of the first and second amendment, we're going to be the hardest ones to convert to, uh, you know, that kind of system, a carbon credit system, this whole climate change bullshit, like that's scary shit. They're pushing that. So if the United, if they keep pushing deep state keeps pushing they every day, they just seem like they just push. I mean, look at, look at what's going on in the United States, all these fucking trains like derailing and fucking food plants blowing up like like what the fuck is like what is that about i mean yeah yeah well you guys have the states and so each state kind of did its own thing which is kind of nice so you saw florida and texas like pushing back and there was a lot of good good things happening there the digital currency though really scares me and i think they're going to try to push it now in the states in july called fed now you can see they're they're locking down on crypto nationwide and globally now they're really vilifying it and i think well they some people say and that's all a plan you know they built it up put ftx in there crashed it and now they're going to zip in the currency that's dangerous because if they can censor the dollar like they did for only fans right oh you're on only fans we're just going to shut down your money like what if Eddie Bravo says something bad on this channel and then they can just take away your money? Like that's scary. Yeah, fuck that. Exactly. That's, that's scary. But like, gonna help but that if they push it through, what are you going to do? You know, like the, if the, they push through the digital dollar and say, guess what? This is how it's working. And we're paying you in this. It's, it gets tricky. It gets tricky. Yeah. So they can, um, that's what I was talking about. Maybe like all the transgender fighting and school shootings and all the, all this random shit fucking, uh, chickens not laying eggs and, and, and trains fucking falling over all over the place. Maybe that is all just to get people distracted, get people arguing about that. Meanwhile, they slowly 
institute the digital dollar, central bank yeah. style. It's all and that. Once, they, once a central, I mean, I don't know shit about Bitcoin or, 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 or none of that. I, I mean, do. Um, I, I don't. I don't know how it works. Um, <clears throat> but I never had Bitcoin or anything. Um, Ray, you know, uh, I, I, I um, get paid in Ray. Um, but other than that, I mean, I don't handle it. You know, I got people to, to handle that. I don't know how it works. Is that I don't a, know is the difference between currency? Bitcoin and FTX and or XRP or delirium or whatever the fuck that is. What? But I do see when I see billboards in downtown LA where it says, I mean, giant billboards like crypto.com. Yeah. Like, what is that? Is that, is that just like a, that's a an place? exchange like Coinbase. Um, and yeah, if they're pushing yeah, they, that, then it, to me, it seems like the deep state, the controllers, they want crypto. For all your 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu merchandise, please visit 10thplanetjj.com slash shop. We also got a look into a t-shirt that just dropped. Thank you very much for your support. Well, Ike is against crypto. Ike is against crypto because he sees it going down this digital route. You know, he doesn't like anything that he's always against crypto. He's against AI. He's against Musk putting all the satellites in the sky because he sees it going into transhumanism and he he's against all that stuff. I get his point that I definitely get his point. Um, yeah. The digital currencies are pretty scary because freedom of speech is one thing, Eddie, but when they take away your money, hell speech is a luxury. You know, if you really want to control someone, you mess with their money. And so See, that seems like it's the main thing that's going on. Yeah, right? it really is. And so look, these are interesting times. I mean, look there, you guys, you guys are indicting Trump. I think they, I think a New York times last night was like Trump indicted. And I, I thought I could blink my eyes and it says Trump reelected because that's, I think what just happened with that, you know, like, I think everyone now is rallying around him and they can see him as the one guy who can maybe fix this whole mess. I don't He's know. The you're there. Guy. He's the only guy, you Will know, you, think, you know, uh, the, the people like yourself and like, uh, you know, um, that have awakened fully, like because of the scamdemic, you know, you, you even said it yourself, like in April, when you had David Icon, that's when you really started to um, question everything, you know? So once, you, once, especially when the mainstream media attacks you personally and you realize, oh shit, they could just fucking uh, put a target on your back and just say anything in line. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, it happened to Joe Rogan. Look, look what they did yeah. with Joe. They went after yeah. him. They went after, um, man, like Alex Jones. They, they go after everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, so then you realize, oh, shit, they're full of shit. I know for a fact now because now they're coming after me and nobody knows me better than me and they're full of shit. Oh, my God. Maybe these crazy conspiracy theorists were right about the fake news and all that stuff. So once you get to that point, then at some point, you have to, not you personally, but just like people out there, once, once they, you got to go back and go, oh shit, what other lies did they tell me? Let's go back. These motherfuckers are, uh, are lying about everything. So eventually you got to go back. Eventually, if you're doing this without any bias and you're trying to get to the bottom of what's really going on, um, if you, if you awaken and you still have negative, uh thoughts about trump like uh, oh he's um 
Russian agent. He's a psychopath. He's fascist. He's going to blow up the world. All that shit. You, at some point, you got to go, damn, they, CNN was telling me all that shit. So maybe that's bullshit. Maybe like, because people, they, they, they're, they're awakened and they still talk shit on Trump. Like you just awakened. And do you see what they did to Trump? They fucking went after him with everything. The CIA went after him. The FBI went after him. DOJ, Hollywood, everybody everybody they gave him everything they gave him russian agent they gave him racist they gave him rapist they fucking went they they went for the um the jugular on him over and over and over again and um what did he do he came in and he unplugged everything all their shit they were doing he unplugged it and then he said later you don't believe me about what's going on i'm gonna i'm gonna let them uh, steal the election and then we're going to walk through the fire for four years it's the only way to do it and then i'm going to come back in four years and then you're going to see what's up there was no way win? like he had what was that will he win uh i don't know you know but i i think so if he doesn't then it's 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 fucking over i i used to think that if he didn't win the re-election that it was over I go, if he doesn't win this re-election and, and biden gets in oh we're done now looking back i'm like oh Biden had to steal the election. He had to. If, we, if there's a counter to the new world order, it had to go this way. Because everybody was thinking, including myself, uh, before Biden took over the White House, that, uh, man, we, have, we need some arrests. I mean, uh, the, uh, it's almost, uh, you know, um, January 2020. Uh, we got to, oh, they're going to arrest them. They're going to arrest everybody at the inauguration. Like, like everyone's like, they have, like, there's no way Biden's going to win. I mean, this is the plan. The plan, Trump is going to fix everything. You know, um, what's going on? He, they, they, there has to be these arrests. And then when there weren't these arrests and when Biden did take office, uh, everybody just jumped ship on like, oh my God, there was no plan. We just, we, we got duped. There was no plan. Everybody jumped ship. But looking back now, arresting all those fucking demons, if you would have arrested all of them, Pelosi, Schumer, Nadler, Schiff, Obama, Hillary, all of them, it wouldn't have done anything. They got fucking 100 demons waiting in line to take their spot. Look what happened to Andrew Cuomo. They thought, oh, we got to get rid of him. Like, what if we would have arrested Andrew Cuomo for what he did with the nursing homes? It wouldn't have done anything because they would have put that that witch they got in now. Like there's they, they got demons waiting. So arresting these people aren't isn't gonna do shit. That's not what's important. You gotta fix the whole system, the election process. Gotta fix that. And uh if if there really is a counter, if there really is, like there's a everybody knows there's a new world order agenda, there's a great reset agenda. Everybody knows that. So the question is is there a counter that's it either there is a counter or there isn't a counter that's it if there's no counter we're, we're on our way to china and we're just like watching some show or what's China's what's california like i mean you're there what's it like is it crazy normal. no normal no it's totally normal okay it was crazy like when they had when they had um when they instituted the vaccine passports to get into a fucking mall when i went when they finally did that in la i i uh went to a mall my my mall my local mall and they asked me for my papers right away i called my wife i'm like let's go to florida we're out this motherfucker because it's in now it's in and then i never thought they would take it out 
because as a as a crazy conspiracy theorist, you know, listening right. to Alex Jones, the whole vaccine passport, that was all part of the plan. That was the goal was the vaccine passport, because through the yeah. vaccine passport, you get into social credit, you get into carbon credits. So you're surprised they the took key. it out. What was that? You're surprised they took it out. That's that was the whole goal. Yeah. How the but, fuck? How but, did it fail? And, I, yeah. and my theory is, is I'm I think I think I have a pretty good theory on why it failed because that's what they wanted. Why did they drop it? Why did they drop it? But um, you're conditioned for it now. That's the thing. We're all conditioned for the QR codes and we're conditioned for this. So, but they shouldn't just, have dropped it. It was already maybe. In. Why would they maybe. drop it? So Ike, and again, Ike has his own this. I don't agree with everything he says, but he calls it the totalitarian tiptoe. They move forward and then they ease off a little and then they move forward and then they ease off a little bit. That way you don't get massive pushback. So you give, you, you take some liberties away, you give a few back, but now you've conditioned the brain. Next time they say, oh, we have a after a lockdown, everyone knows what to do. They're like, oh yeah, I know what that is. We got to do this, 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 and this. So that's his theory. And now that you've had the passport once. With, with the lockdown, I don't think it's going to work that way. It's going to work like a vaccine is supposed to work in theory, which is crazy ironic right because now that they they uh they played their cards and they went full-blown pandemic scamdemic and now people like you said more people are awakened than ever before so now when they do it again like a vaccine supposed to work in theory it ain't gonna be that it's gonna be weak it, it, it we're ready for it you know what i mean people are gonna ignore that shit you already saw it because when they lifted the mass mandate um for airports LAX was the only airport that said, fuck that. We're going to still have, uh, we're still going to require masks at LAX. So that LAX was the only airport that uh, required masks. But I, I'm on a plane almost every weekend. Uh, you know, and they had big fucking signs. Got to wear a mask. And every five minutes on the PA, put on your fucking mask. But put nobody on your did. Fucking mask. And half the people did, half the people didn't. It was like 50 50. Okay. And, no, and you know what we found out? Just like you said earlier, like David Icke said, like, it's not, they're not that powerful. There yeah, was nobody to enforce it. Nobody, yeah. Nobody's enforcing shit. Even yeah. you still have to wear a mask at LAX. No one, half the people were, now I think it's like 20% of people wearing it. But yeah. nobody's enforcing shit. And it's always on the PA and there's signs everywhere. Wear your fucking mask. And, and no one gives a shit. So uh, you can't enforce something go. that won't be popular. You just can't. Like, what are you going to do? Put half the people in jail? You don't have enough jails. You take exactly. half people out of the airport, the, airport the, the, the airlines go bankrupt. So you, that's the thing. It's, we don't realize how powerful we are if we can move together and just say no. If you can really get people to say no, the problem is, is that there's fear and then there's the carrot and the stick and their social credit or I'll give you your job back if you get the jab. And then people just go along, you know, and they go along and then all of a sudden you get all these people to do crazy things. Yeah. But like you said, it, it doesn't take many people just to say no. And all of a sudden you could just whoosh, turn the tide. So maybe people saw that. Um, maybe. Uh, but California, man, I don't know, man. I don't recognize that state. It seems like a pretty crazy place, but maybe I get the media bias of California. You get the, it's it's you would it's the same like if you were in a coma over the next over the last three years you would have never noticed anything are people like you oh, know bullshit. ransacking stores and uh holding up parties with gun guns and stuff or is that just normal anyways in california uh there's more crime than um before okay um but 
you just don't see it. You know what I mean? Like, okay. where is it at? You see it on TV. Either way. You see it on TV. I mean, there is, you see a lot of video. I think it kind of died down a little bit. I think maybe a year ago, there was more, um, uh, I think it's not happening as much, or maybe it is, but they're just not uh, airing it on on social media or anything. But um, for a while there, it it did seem like uh, there was more, you know, smash and grabs at the jewelry stores and stuff like that. But I think it slowed down. And it just seems like we're back to normal now, 100%. Those broad daylight smash and grab at the Apple store in like San Francisco is like, that's wild to watch. Cause like, you know, we never saw that back in the day and it's just, it's just wild. And then, yeah, we see it's, it's like so much, so much shit is going on all over the world and now everyone's got a video camera. So is it happening more or are we just seeing it more? You know, Um, maybe both. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. And, and in the future, there'll be deep fakes. And then you don't know if something's getting getting magnified on social media. So like, again, we're in an information war on all that information war. And, you know, you can control people with these little tidbits of information. You don't know if it's real with the AI generated stuff in the future. You're just not going to know. So people have to be super aware. You know, it's it's just going to get crazier. It's going to get crazier, you know. What do you think about this Trump indictment? I mean, I think they just won in the election. Before that, it wasn't obvious. You know, there was the DeSantis and Trump and people weren't sure about him. Now everybody is like, this is a wrong thing to do. And now they're rallying behind him. And like you said, now it feels like the system's broken. And there's only there's only one guy that can put a monkey in the wrench of this system. And that's him. So I'm not there. But it feels like they literally just got him reelected by doing this. Um, that assumes that he can run while he's the indictment's happening. But it seems like a really stupid move by the left, if that's what you call them. But I was talking with uh, Gad Saad. He's been on Rogan a bunch of times. And I said, to me, it seems like the worst move for them to indict him because they're going to get him elected. But I said, but their egos are so bothered by Trump and everything he stands for that they're going to do it anyways, you know? Like that old parable with the scorpion going across the stream with the frog. And he's like, don't bite me. He's like, I'm not going to bite you. We'll both die. He's like, don't bite me. He's like, I'm not going to bite you. We're both going to drown. And he's going across the stream and he bites him. And he's like, why'd you bite me? And he's like, ah, it's in my nature, man. <laughs> so yeah. I think they just can't help it. You know, they hate him. He represents everything against them. Like Gab was saying, he's like all these intellectuals, they look at Trump and he's a mirror to them that they're not as important as they thought they were because people would voted for this guy, this guy, the orange guy that does the this and that does the that. It's like an affront to their very beings. So they want to go after him and it's like amygdala stuff, right? It just, they just, it's a carnal reaction. And uh, I guess we're going to watch what happens. Yeah, he was calling out all that Ukraine corruption long ago. They, they, they tried to impeach him over it. You know, he called uh, the president of Ukraine or the phone call. Remember that phone call? He, was, he yeah, just said, hey, yeah. listen, can you look into Biden and his son doing crazy shit with Burisma and, and all the, the shady shit they're doing? And then he, he gets impeached for that phone call, you know, for looking into what the Biden crime family is getting into in Ukraine. And um, he was right. You know, he, yeah, Trump did you read went the Twitter in, files. Was that? 
Did you look at the Twitter files and the stuff that was going on there? Yeah, because yeah, they kept, yeah. The government kept saying, "Where this is Russian, this is Russian," and the twi- the Twitter people are going back saying, "Like there is no evidence of anything Russian going on here," and that they keep pushing the Russian agenda on all the Twitter people, and they're like, "They're like, bro, there's no Russians here," and the Twitter files are showing that you know that it was just all kind of fabricated. It's, it's kind of crazy to watch. Yeah, I mean, Trump was right about a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And people need to go back and, and real, it's like, uh, there's, there's, they're awakened, but like, you need to awake like all the shit that they did at Trump, you know, um, uh, Donald Trump Jr. Said, uh, uh, because on, on JRE, we were talking about his Instagram and how gangster he is and, and, uh, he don't give a fuck like Donald Trump Jr. He posts some, some gangster ass shit and, 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 he made a comment like, oh, that, you know, being called a gangster on JRE is an honor, da, 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 da. And then we went back and forth and, um, and he goes, I, I said something about, uh, you know, how people are so offended uh, because Donald Trump talks a lot of shit. And he said, hey, man, if if your family got dragged through the mud by mainstream media, you know, over this and that and this and, and, you know, if if your family went through the the shit that we had to go through, you'd be, uh, you know, posting some mean tweets as well. And it made sense. I mean, they were they gave him everything like Donald Trump got Russia, racist, rapist. He got everything. And they they they're relentless and they're they're still going after him. And they made such a mark that Trump derangement syndrome is real. Like even people that are awakened, they still got Trump derangement syndrome. Like you're saying that they lie about everything, but you're not going back and reevaluating all the shit they said about Trump. And go back and listen to his whole rallies. I mean, yeah, he's cocky and arrogant and all that shit. It's like, it's like if you had a, a company, you owned a company and had a CEO and you had a board of directors or whatever, however companies run, right? And you heard, and you weren't really that, you know, maybe you weren't really that involved, but you heard people were stealing. Uh, there was a lot of uh, embezzling going on or whatever. And, um, and one of your friends said, hey, listen, man, I know this guy. He's, uh, he's, he could come in and he could find out who the rats are. He's going to find out who's stealing from you. And not only that, he's going to, he's going to increase your profits and, uh, he's the best, you know, would you want him to come in? You would, of course you would. He go, yeah, 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 let's do it. Fuck yeah, let's do it. And then what if, what if your friend said, but he's very arrogant. He thinks he's the best at this. Like, he's always like, I'm the best. I'm the best. He's very, he's kind of arrogant and, and, and he talks a lot of shit and, He's going to say what's on his mind and he's going to hurt some feelings. Are you okay with that? You're like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not trying to go on a road trip across the country with the guy. I just want to find out who's stealing from me. I want, you know what I mean? That's what Trump is. People are like, mm. oh, he's so, he's such a dick. Like, they can't even, like, what about his policies, man? He got us out of, out of the Paris Accord. Uh, that's huge. He did, he's not buying climate change. That's fucking huge. If he was all about climate change, I'd be, I would, I would be done with him. You'd be out. So is, is, is it going to get worse? Is, is, is civil war a possibility in America or not? I don't think so. Like you said earlier, they're not as powerful as you might think. Cause look, look, when Joe, when Joe started uh, waking up, 
Like, cause Joe wasn't really that political, man. If you go back in the timeline, he was yeah. not political. He was going along with all the other shit. He was, he was like into watching kickboxing and the UFC and yeah. comedy. He wasn't really political and he would talk about it and in a good way. Like, dude, I don't fucking pay attention to that bullshit. I don't pay yeah. attention. Like I would argue, cause I, we both did it. We both didn't pay attention. You know why? Because um, George Bush senior and George Bush junior, both Republicans those guys are the, the the dark lords right and then bill clinton another dark lord and he you know when you when you um look into mina arkansas and bill clinton and cia and cocaine and all that shit you're like oh my god republicans and democrats it's all it's all wwe so that's what we thought you know whether it was clinton the bushes um it was all bullshit um so we didn't we didn't pay t- attention to daily politics what we were into um was like like i said uh watching documentaries on mina arkansas and the clintons and the and uh the clinton chronicles and uh uh, iran contra jfk uh 9 11 documentaries you know i was fully into space back then too space 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 anything space science channel space did i had everything on space every (laughs) dvd that you could imagine bbc universe fucking morgan freeman fucking you know the cosmos uh carl sagan all that shit i was balls deep into space i thought i was a space expert you know i could i could hold down any conversation any party about fucking neutron stars and super hypernovas i was balls deep i would watch documentaries over and over documentary on the sun over and over again (laughs) um and and i loved watching documentaries that had uh, cia whistleblowers i loved um i was fascinated by the cia and how they worked and shit but i never paid attention to um politics and the presidential candidates and shit. I got, it's all bullshit, Republican and, and Democrats. And then when Obama was running, damn, they, they had me thinking, even Joe too. I, I was thinking this because again, we weren't paying attention. And you know, first black president, we're like, Joe said, people are saying he's legit, man. I go, fuck, you think so? Finally a legit president? Fuck, what? So we kind of like, is Obama legit shit? He might be, fuck. And then really quick, you realize, oh, shit, he's on the same fucking team. Oh, man, they're just throwing in the black guy now to, to uh, calm people down um, because of all the the damage the Bushes did, you know, uh, hope, Obama's hope. Um, and then you realize, oh, they're on the same fucking team. So then we really not paying attention. <laughs> Nothing in the no senators or fucking Congress. We didn't know. We didn't pay attention to none of that shit. We're just paying attention to the UFC, going to Vegas, you know, and traveling all over the world, teaching seminars. It's like, you know, politics yeah. is just, it's WWE. And then Trump gets in, you know? And at first, at first, uh, Joe's like, dude, you heard that fucking Trump might be president? I'm like, what? Because I, I didn't know much about Trump at all. I never watched The Apprentice. All I knew about Trump is he, he, uh, he helped Dana White out with the UFC when uh, the Fertitta brother, when they first bought the UFC, they needed, you know, the UFC was kind of canceled for a while. The UFC was canceled. Yeah. They got canceled. So it was hard to find uh, venues, like legit venues. Like in Vegas was afraid to touch the UFC at that point because they were canceled. 
like yeah. legit canceled. Yeah, legit canceled. They yeah. were canceled. They got pulled off cable. They got they yeah, got John McCain, right? John McCain yeah, came out. They got their shit pulled. So yeah. the Fertitta trying to bring it back. So Donald Trump was the one who said, "Come to my fucking casino." So I, I, Donald Trump was cool, and he had like Mike Tyson fights. He, he's always banging like uh, you know supermodels and shit. Uh, he was on Howard Stern, but I didn't pay attention to him. To me, it was just some billionaire, hot shot, uh, hot wives, and all that shit. Um, and then, but I didn't think he was like presidential material. I didn't really know that much about him. And then when Joe said, dude, you know, how fucked up shit is Trump might actually win. He's getting a lot of support. I'm like, wow, I got see, that's what happens. You know, that's what happens. You know, this, this we're fucked. The political system is just garbage. And then he wins. And then I still not paying attention. I'm like, oh yeah. You know, everyone's saying buffoon. Like, oh, he's a Russian agent. Oh, he's racist. And I was like, I, I wasn't paying attention. So I believed it because, you know, just because you don't pay attention to the news. And all, I'm not brainwashed. I don't pay attention to the news. So don't tell me I'm brainwashed. Like you are because you're not paying attention to anything. If, right. if you're not paying attention to mainstream media and you're not paying attention to alternative media, then you by default will just believe the mainstream and narrative. Then when because, did he get your attention? Um, when he started calling CNN fake news. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. The president's calling them fake news? Huh. Yeah, and he wouldn't have news conferences. I love it. He just started yeah. breaking all the rules. I yeah, love it. Yeah, so I was like, okay. Huh. I like that. And I go, and then I heard, you know, I heard all the shit that he hates Mexicans and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Let me look into this motherfucker. They might, they're going after him. I wonder why they're going after him. Shit. Huh? So, uh, I wanted to find a clip where he hate, where he was like talking shit on Mexicans. I'm like, where's this clip? And go, yeah, he hates Mexicans. I go, he hates Mexicans. And he became president. He said something about how, you, you would not be able to be president if you said you hate Mexicans or you call Mexicans criminals. But let me see this video. I want to see it. So it turns out it was an edited video of him talking shit on MS-13, calling them animals and criminals. And like CNN said something like, um, oh, look at what Donald Trump is. Donald, what, look what Donald Trump said about Mexicans, something like that. And it okay. was an edited video that they played. You know, he wasn't talking about Mexicans. He was talking about MS-13. So right yeah. there, I'm like, ooh, he might be over the target. Let me listen to this motherfucker. So I started paying attention to him. I'm like, damn, he's, he's going out of the deep state? What? Oh, shit. Um, he thinks climate change is a fucking uh, a, a scam? I'm like, damn, what? And then little by little, and Alex Jones was already, uh, he was, I mean, they say Alex helped get him elected, right? I mean, he was talking about Trump early on, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, that's what Alex says that he, I'm sure he did, but I don't know. By the time I got into him, he was already president. Okay, got and, it. Uh, so I didn't, while he was running, I didn't pay attention too much, although it's, it's uh, interesting and uh, fun to watch. Uh, the Republican primaries back in like 2016, because I wasn't even paying attention to that. Um, but going back and watching it now, how you know him the the, roasting Jim yeah the debates. Bush. Oh, I yeah. fucking love. Now going back on damn, what yeah, a fucking was, gangster. So good, man. he could be playing good cop, bad cop. I don't know. I don't know. But um, to think that all the hate that's directed towards him from the left 
from the intelligence agencies, from Hollywood, from every like big tech. Uh, it seems um, um, like that's real. Like, are they faking all that? Is no, all this shit, this indictment, so. is it just to make it look like no, he's uh, really. a martyr or whatever? It's I'm real. Sorry. It's got to be real, right? Yeah. So if it's real and they're really going after him, that must mean he's doing something right. And if you listen to um, his whole rallies and his entire speeches, instead of like little clips that they uh, take out of context, they can make anybody look fucking insane and like a buffoon. Yeah. Listen to everything he's saying. And yes, he's super cocky and confident. He has to be. You know what I mean? He's the quarterback of this fucking counter of the new world order. I want a I want a confident, cocky motherfucker leading the front. You know, so uh, Ron Paul, in my opinion, is probably the most honest politician ever, but he would get smashed trying to take down the deep state. You know what I mean? You need yeah. someone like Donald Trump who don't give a fuck. And yeah, people love Donald. I mean, you see him at those rallies and like middle America loves Donald. And so I think Chappelle said that one time. He's like, these, these, you know, these you people th- like- You see him. it in the black community too. It seems like the black community is, is, uh, is getting behind Trump now. It seems yeah. like- it seems like they're going, you know what? Uh, yeah. I think you know, on the, on the streets, you can't, there's propaganda don't work on the streets. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's you're on well the said, man. Yeah. It's it, true, man. Cause like a lot of people, like you, like you said, they threw things at Trump and he said things and the tape recordings of this and that. Like if people really listen to that, that would kill a candidacy. But like you said, people on the streets, they like, they kind of filter it somehow. Maybe there is a sign of hope is that, a lot of those people are like, they get a vibe and they just go with the vibe. Uh, clearly he got elected, you know. Um, I mentioned Alex, how's Alex Jones doing? He, he had me on the show when everything was kicking off with me in 2020. And um, he was super supportive and he was a, a real, I was really happy to be on his show. Back I love day. Alex. Yeah. I love him to death. I'm a huge fan. I know there's people out there that think, oh, he's a, a Zionist shell or whatever. I don't think so. I know him personally. I know, I know um, he loves his family. I know he loves his his son Rex. He loves the shit out of him. I mean, he reminds me and of me and my son. You know, him and Rex, Rex is like uh, twenty two or something. He's like hugging him and kissing him and just like he just they love each other so much. And that's that's real. That's I, I I'm right there. I'm like Zion and Shill. I don't know. He's um, he has he has so many uh, different controversial guests on his show and i know his staff they're legit you yeah know, they're nice people I, I uh i can't um i can't imagine him being a bad guy uh he's just he loves his country he loves the first and second amendment more than anything you know so i don't know man i th- i think I, I think alex jones is a hero i think um a hero to yeah. most and a lot of people you know, they got different things to say about him, but um, I love him. And, you know, whatever happened with uh, that, you know, he owes like a billion dollars for saying uh, what he yeah, said. Yeah, what's going on with that? Is that still happening? Uh, did you watch that trial? That was kind of tricky to watch. But he's still broadcasting, right? He's yeah. still going. Oh, yeah. It's, see, that's the thing. That's what I was saying is like they try to go after Joe. What happened? Joe just, he's just, he's stronger than ever. And he didn't back, yeah. but Joe's not backing down. He's fucking going forward. They tried, they thought they would uh, silence him. You know, they thought they would silence Alex Jones. They didn't. 
you know, anytime they, they, they go after Tucker Carlson and, you know, they go after people that are starting to um, spread the truth more and more. And guess what? It's not silencing anybody. People are just, they keep moving forward and little by little more mainstream um, celebrities or talk show hosts are waking up. Look at Russell Brand. Look at uh, even Bill Maher. He's got like one eye open. Um, yeah. You know, uh, more and more people are starting to talk. A couple actresses came out and said, no more with this fucking vaccine shit. Um, wow. Little by little, and the more people wake up little by little, inch by inch, like you said, they can't stop us all. You know, they could stop one dude or two dudes talking shit, spreading the truth, but they can't stop 50, 50 people that- And we're getting our tech back as well. I mean, Elon on Twitter has made a big difference. I mean, Rogan on Spotify made a big difference. He really did. I mean, that- that helped, but it was after he was on Spotify, I went ahead and had Ike back on and I streamed him on our YouTube channel in January last year. And they let it ride. They let it ride. They pulled it about six months later, but they let it ride. And I think it's because the progress Joe made on Spotify because Spotify was backing Joe. You know, they took some shows down, but they blew a lot of them up there. I think that was one of the first big tech platforms that wasn't totally left, totally woke. And then when Musk bought Twitter and he's doing Twitter files, I mean, I'll tell you, Eddie, I've been uploading all my old episodes up to YouTube now, and they haven't touched them now for a few months. And uh, I think YouTube is starting to think, wait a second, we can't play that, that hardcore stuff we were playing in 2021. Like, we better take it easy a little bit because we're going to get Google files or there's going to be a lawsuit. I mean, I had God said, no, what I have in here? This guy had doubt. And he said, Brian, he's like, people died. He's like, will there not be some trial? And will these executives not go to jail for not allowing true information to go out? I mean, like there's some real stakes here. Yeah. So he's like, I think a lot of these tech companies are just easing back a little and saying, guess what? We're going to let a few things flow. The other day I went on YouTube with my Malone clip and it said, this content is not like one of those Instagram things. It said, this content is goes against our guidelines, but if you still want to watch it, click here. I'd never seen that on YouTube before. Huh. And I was like, okay, so we're pushing, we're right on the edge and we're pushing and lately I've been putting up all the, all my old stuff and it's still there. So, um, look, I don't know if that's just a given a little back, but you know, at least we're getting the message out and all the tech platforms are completely co-opted by one frame of mind. I mean, they ran the numbers on Twitter. It was like 97 or 98% of the execs at Twitter had donated a Democrat. It wasn't like 80, 20, 70, 30. It was like, they were all on this super left wing woke side. And that was true for most of the tech platforms. I think it's going the other way. So that's a good sign too. Before I let you go, Brian, um, did we land on the moon? Yes. We did. (laughs) We did. Have you seen that clip of Don Pettit, the NASA spokesperson saying that I would go back to the moon in a nanosecond, except we don't have the technology anymore. We destroyed the technology and it's been a painful process to be put back together. Have you heard that? No. Oh, you haven't heard that? I'm going to send no, you a but clip. Tell me the truth. Tell me the real answer, Eddie. Did we go to the moon? Hell no. Okay. Hell no. It's, it, that's, a, that's another COVID. Is that common? Is that, am I just way behind the curve on this one? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, um, it's pretty obvious we, we didn't go to the moon. It's, are the Ch- are Chinese going there next year? They just announced that, right? 
they're all faking space shit. But it's I mean, all, now someone could legit go there now, no, right? No. Still not? No. The, so all the, 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 you can't land on the moon. The moon is not like dirt or, or dust. It's, uh, it's a light. It's some kind of plasma. It's some kind of, it's its own light. You know, the, the, one of the biggest myths out there is that the, the moonlight is the sun's light reflecting off it. That's yeah. not how light reflects off dirt or dust. That's it. Really? What is it? It's bright as fuck. It's, it's like it says in the Bible. Hey, I'm not a Bible thumper, but in the Bible it says the sun is the daylight and the moon is the nightlight. You look at the moon, that's giving out its own light. When there's clouds in front of the moon, you see the beam going through the cloud. That's not how reflected light looks off dirt. What is the moon made of? Fucking a mirror? Is it made out of crystal? When those people, uh, those I've been lying to my sons. I've been lying to my two boys is what you're telling me, Eddie. Yeah. I'm going to send you some clips on the moon and uh, we're going to get you on that first before we go flat earth. Brian, thank you very, very much for taking time. I know you're a busy guy in the UK. It's like fucking two in the morning out there or something. Um, <laughs> what, what time is it over there? 10? It's, it's, it's like 730 or eight or something. But you didn't tell me how's 10th planet. How's your son? How's all that? Ted Planet is stronger than ever. My son's yeah. 11 now. He's balls deep oh, wow. in baseball. He's all about baseball and karate. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to do jujitsu right now. I'll get him later, like when he's like 13 or 14. <laughs> I'll give some wrestler kid 20 bucks to take him down in front of his girlfriend and humiliate <laughs> him. And then I'll, I'll get him. I'll get him. But he's been doing karate for five years. He's a striker. He loves okay. push kick and side kick. So if oh, my nice. son wants to be a striker, that's cool, you know, but I'm, I haven't given up on, on uh, getting him into jujitsu. But the main thing is that he's a martial artist. And the main thing is yeah. it's going to be hard to bully my son. He's a, he's a beast. <laughs> he's a brown belt in karate and he's 11. <laughs> wow. Dude, that's awesome. And I always see you at all these 10th planet. I see what they're doing. So like, congrats on all that, man. It's amazing. They got 10th planet in England. Well, I got a bunch of them here, don't they? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We got a bunch in England. Hey, I'll do your show. If you need a guest, emergency guest, and you don't have anybody else, I'll do your show. We'll talk about 10th planet. We'll talk about jujitsu and all that. Okay, deal. Thank you, Eddie. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, Brian. Love you, man. See ya. The jujitsu dojo is the ultimate training ground for life. Jiu-Jitsu will accelerate the evolution of your being, your consciousness, your soul. Through this amazing art, you will prove to yourself that you can master anything you set your mind to. Happy birthday, Eddie Bravo. I leave for Brazil tomorrow. Are you the fear factor guy? I'm uh, like six pounds over, time to sweat it out. Just imagine someone that has no idea how different your game is. I'll tell you what this weekend was, man. It was a culmination point where all your hard work comes to like one great moment in time. You showed that you're a fucking champion. Guy who goes against convention. You created your own shit and figured interesting ways to get around problems in jujitsu. And shows you that great things are possible if you work hard, if you dedicate yourself, and you use your creativity, and you push through. Your own human potential just goes up. My 10th Planet Association has grown rapidly to over 70 academies worldwide, and their curriculums are all synced to 10th Planet headquarters located in downtown Los Angeles. I'm Eddie Bravo, 
I hope to see you on the mats. You can tell it's real because it looks so fake. Level with me. Level we'll also continue to engage with China. We're not looking for a new Cold War, but I make no apologize. I make no apologies for taking down that balloon. Thank you very much. This is not a new phenomenon that you might find balloons in the air. The, the fact that... The, <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Uh, so there are all kinds of possibilities here. Could it be a weather balloon? Absolutely. Could it be a weather balloon? Be Absolutely. Weather balloon? Mainstream calls them satellites. They're satellites because they're all on balloons. Oh, well, I mean, we're in public. There's no expectation of privacy. Why are we only told about this other idea of satellites? It's a well-kept secret that we have tons of huge balloons above us. You don't know about any of these satellites without the balloons? Space. It's the biggest psyop of all time. The Earth is not what NASA says it is. Many people are becoming aware that there's a firmament there's a firmament above us. Why is it when we review this footage that these things are exploding? It looks like they're hitting a barrier. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, the problem is you can't get past the firmament. Some of these rockets look like they're scraping across a watery firmament, kind of like a boat dragging something through the water. I'm not sure what they're doing but they're not flying into space. This is disclosure. People want to call us conspiracy theorists, but we're about to blow this wide open. Oh, it's gonna blow up or something's gonna happen. The 1986 Challenger disaster did not die in the explosion with many of them hiding in plain sight. Did you ever think the public would find out that all the spacewalks were filmed underwater? Thanks, sir. <laughs> The liars are the enemy.